0: We take our word from Matthew in the third chapter, the first 12 verses, the tale of John the Baptist. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke, saying, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make God's path straight. Now, John the Baptist wore clothes of camel's hair with a leather belt around the waist and ate only locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to the baptizer and all the region along the Jordan were gathering out there in the wilderness. And they were baptized in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when John saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to the place he was baptizing, John said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now, the ax is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that doesn't bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to carry that one's sandals. That one will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear the threshing floor and will gather the wheat into the granary, but the chaff will be burnt with unquenchable fire. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let me come a little closer. Or not that close. I think some animals have been at the wiring here. Well, in those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea. Our theme this Advent is. Where do you come from? We each come from people and places. We each come from experiences and stories we've been told about ourselves. And we've been exploring this theme by asking the further question, where does Jesus come from? Last week, we looked at the people that Jesus comes from. Matthew starts out the gospel by giving us a long, long list of the genealogy of Jesus what Matthew refers to as the Genesis of Jesus. All those people whose lives ended up influencing the life of this child about to be born in Bethlehem. This week, we're looking at the places we come from and all the places Jesus comes from. He comes from Bethlehem in Judea. His folks are from Nazareth in Galilee after he's born the family will become refugees fleeing Bethlehem and seeking asylum across the border in Egypt. But there is another place Jesus will come from. He comes from the place all Christianity comes from, the wilderness. Now Matthew makes sure that we see the importance of the wilderness among the other important places that help make Jesus who he is. We're going to get back to the wilderness in just a moment. Since today's theme is places, I was thrilled to hear that Lee was adding a new character to this year's pageant, the map. I think it's safe to say that never in the history of Christendom has a pageant included the map. I was super excited. Especially when Lee asked me if I would originate the role of the map. After 23 years playing sheep number three, I was ready for a new challenge. Imagine how I felt when I came to the first run-through of this year's pageant and I found that I had been demoted in favor of the director's daughter and what against play the crucial role of sheep number three. Now, thank you. A month or two ago, a British media company was announcing a competition to see whose Christmas pageant would be televised this year. And they asked people to submit different scripts. The company, which is called, appropriately I thought, Virgin Media, even had some helpful suggestions for possible titles. Rebel Without a Clause, Snow Country for Old Men, or my favorite, Lost in Translation. Mm -hmm. As part of the media rollout for the competition, they did a survey of 2,000 adults asking which role each had played in the Christmas pageant growing up. And they correlated each role with success later in life. For the purposes of this study, they defined success as career, salary, salary level, even hobbies pursued. Nothing about spiritual depth, I noted. They discovered that kids who played the parts of Mary and Joseph were likely to have the highest level of success. I think possibly innkeeper was next in the list, followed by the others, the wise people, the shepherds, various animals interestingly even the donkey the kid who played the donkey correlated to a higher level than the bottom rung held by can you guess which crucial role in the pageant (laughs) yeah the sheep now one character (laughs) One character who almost never makes it into a pageant is the star of today's gospel lesson, none other than John the Baptist. One year, I even titled my homily on John the Baptist, not in the pageant. Of course, the uh, famed children's book author, Chris Grabenstein was in the congregation that day. And so the following year, a new pageant script appeared in my inbox, focused all around John the Baptist, wearing an interesting costume and screaming at us and calling us all a brood of vipers. It was a little traumatic, and it was a little offensive. (laughs) And I don't think we've used that script since. But we need a message like John the Baptist's once in a while to kind of shake things up. The Christian ethicist Stanley Hauerwas once wrote, In fact, I am tempted to think that there is not much wrong with the church that could not be cured by God calling about a hundred really insensitive, uncaring, and offensive people into the ministry. Some people would think that that's come and gone, but John the Baptist is central to the season of Advent. He's the harbinger of the holy the herald of the coming kingdom of Christ, he comes preaching a message of repentance and he baptizes huge numbers of people in the Jordan River. And of course he appears where? In the wilderness, in the wilderness. The wilderness is a powerful place according to scriptures. It's where the Israelites wander for 40 years after the exodus from Egypt. It's where God finds them and makes covenant with them, giving them the Ten Commandments, along with the rest of the 613 total commandments. The wilderness is where the Hebrew prophets like Elijah flee for safety when their own messages get a little too raw and offensive for the powerful and the wealthy. And the wilderness is where Jesus spends 40 days after his own baptism fasting and praying, dealing with tests and temptations until he's ready to start his ministry of love and justice and reconciliation. It's a powerful place. It's a powerful place symbolically and existentially and spiritually. A powerful, powerful place. And so it's fair to say, I think, that all of Christian tradition grows out of this wilderness place. And I don't think that should surprise us. I think that our own spiritual growth often happens and, and grows out of time spent in our own versions of the wilderness, times of emptiness, times of distress, times of disillusionment, times of despair, loss of a loved one, loss of a job, loss of a relationship. Those places, those wilderness places where God finds us, God looks for us in those places. And sometimes, if we're open to being found, God finds us in those places of wilderness. Our own time of worship is also, in a way, a wilderness time. The theologian Mark Uris puts it this way, worship is always something of a wilderness where people think their lives through and wonder about all that is unknown and frightening and causes them to double and triple check their holds on what is reassuring. He says, no matter how beautiful the sanctuary, the pew where people sit with fears and worries and responsibilities and all the rest is a kind of wilderness place where people confront the howling winds and the thorny brambles and the lonely emptinesses of their lives, of our lives. All this is the stuff of life, he says. It is the stuff of life. We know that that's the stuff of life. And it all comes to us in this sacred place, this place of wilderness. In the wilderness, then, we gather full of expectation full of desire. Through our hopes, though our hopes and dreams may shatter, when life goes low, we'll go higher. Still to God, our trust we give, and still with God, our hope will live. Let's sing that together.